All right, coach. We just got done with a fabulous coaching intensive. Yes, we did. One of our students kicked off this discussion because it was so powerful. And uh, I guess you could say this is, because I, you know, I just wrote it down, our pre-convo, pre-show convo, coming to terms with what you really want. Yes. And when we were in class, and by the way, we're going to be opening that up online next year. We're going to have a new class starting next year uh, in person. Uh, it's our Hell Yeah Life Coaching Intensive. And I guess you could sum up what we do is we go in real deep to all the um, the momentum of past habits that always overwhelm best intentions. We go in there and we get them equipped to actually change their lives where you know, seminars, books, you can read all that stuff, but there always seems to be something where you're in the same place the next year, five years, 10 years, you can feel helpless. It's a science. Yes. It's really reduced to three things. Mm-hmm. We just reinforce those things, mm-hmm. you know, in our class. So, you know, keep listening to our podcast. We'll have some more information coming up on that. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're in this class and one of our students realized I, my DCA, which we've talked about, definite mm-hmm. chief aim, your one thing in life, I, I've got the wrong one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, before we go deeper, um, obviously we want to introduce ourselves, but I'm just like that whole thing, like just it solidified right there for me. That's where my mind's at. Yeah. So coach, introduce yourself. I'll introduce myself and then we'll just dive in. All right, my name is Greg McNeil. I'm the owner of Coach's Corner and SOAR here in uh, Clovis, New Mexico. I like to consider myself an all-round funny guy, but purposeful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so I'm happy to be here with Sherry. Mm-hmm, owner of Genius Communication, living the dream. Yes. Th- this right here is actually the result of me deciding, I don't want to do that. like us what we're doing here what we're doing in the coaching intensive what i do with my clients like social media business consulting hiring consulting all of that is why i was born holy shiza Mm -hmm. yeah i just as i was listening to you say that i had to go back and look at what i had written down before i got here and i thought damn we're actually it's true it really is. And I'm sitting here, it's like, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Ding. Like mm-hmm. a, a light bulb went off in my head, too. But it is true. The living the dream? Yes. <laughs> it's, but, but what we're actually doing here in the community, um, collectively, because the goal really is to help people to find that one thing, what they love, um, a real strong, definite chief aim that they yes. can relate to, and all of those things. And it's like... And that equals healthy community. It equals healthy business. Yes, it does. And, and it's like a, a real fact. I mean, I remember reading research, gosh, I was probably in my 20s, that some researchers feel that the reason people go insane, other than like, you know, chemical imbalances and things like that, but where people struggle with mental health issues is they don't have a meaningful work, a meaningful labor you know, we're designed, like, you have to make money to pay your bills, you know, right. you, to eat and all that stuff. But if you can do what you love, or at least when you're in the midst of doing something as you go toward what you love, right, mm-hmm. it sustains you. 
And, uh, and so I think, you know, with the idea of what do I really want to do? What do I really want my life to look like? Then you add meaning to the things that maybe you're in right now that you don't necessarily like. That is one of the, that's one of the ways that I <clears throat> attack depression. Mm-hmm. Because I know that a person is thinking a particular way. I mean, sadness, yeah. grief, mourning has a very defined period. You can tell when you're in that space. Yeah. Depression, something else is happening with you and you have to keep ruminating certain thoughts to stay in a depressed place. You have to feed it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I'm that's why you hear me say all the time, tell me what you want because it pops a person out of that negative feedback loop. Yeah. And once we can get them focused on that one thing, all of a sudden their lives start to change. Yeah. Depression, what's that? Yeah. They just needed to find it. And yeah. once they found out what it was, then their lives changed so much. And, and you have all people. those letters after your name. So that's what you've been trained and you get to do. <laughs> um, now, so with, um, with that being said, so over the last six months, we've been working with a group of individuals and, and we give people a taste of what we do in this podcast. We mm-hmm. don't go deep because, you know, I mean, they pay us for that. I don't think it'd be fair to <laughs> give away everything, you know, <laughs> that they paid us for. But we've been working with this group for almost six months. And um, all of a sudden, you could tell, and I don't even know what triggered it. She's sitting there and she's like, I think I have the wrong definite chief aim. <laughs> and it's like, yes, yes, you do. You know, but you can't tell, you know, like people have to get there. You know, it's like your Yoda, Gandalf, you can't tell people, hey, you're looking in the wrong direction. You're trying to get people to arrive to their own conclusion because any conclusion you can put in someone can be persuaded out. Exactly. So she's like, I want my family life to look like this. I want this type of time for my family, blah, blah. And we're like, yes. Now, now that she's got this different focus of her DCA, as she pursues that and that desire is fed through the tools that we give them, then she's going to find life will just start falling in place. But the first step and the purpose of this podcast is you have to come to terms with it. Yes. Because usually a shift like that means your brain will immediately look for loss and the fear that brings. Yeah, that's true. The interesting thing about this case right here, I think once she spoke it um, and she wanted to retreat back, it won't work. So now she's at a place where she has to continue going forward because a truth seen never goes away. Yes. It just doesn't. So... And now she'll be ready for the next step and what she'll need to do to go forward. Because yeah. it's, because when you try to go backwards now, the only thing that's back there is fear, right? Yeah. That you are now bringing forward. What about this? What about that? Nope, 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 nope. Yep. Now you're getting ahead of the evidence. Let's just stick with what do you want, mm-hmm. right? What mm-hmm. is right for you? Yeah. Once you are, like you said, once you are clear on that, then the rest of the process become seamless. Now, yeah. This doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. So this, right. this, this is not life. Yeah. Um, it just means that whatever challenge comes, 
you are equipped to deal with it and you take it as part for the course as it were yes. right because you just understand that's how it works yeah but because your mind is focused and aligned with what you truly want that doesn't bother you what you have to do next in terms of your requirements it's true and not only that but i find when you really um start looking at okay this is what i really want the things that you fear you lose, you actually don't. No, you don't. It's really interesting. And that's why I say it's like magic. Because once you start pursuing that thing where you know, the neurons wire and fire together, mm-hmm. it's a truth. The only way you can back away is to lie to yourself, right? Exactly. So it's a truth now. Then the things you fear, loss of money, loss of business, loss of reputation, all of those things go away. Uh, they, you actually don't lose anything. Mm-hmm. You become better as a person, as a business owner, as a community member, when you are pursuing your definite chief aim that is in agreement. It's congruent with you. Right, exactly. And so we saw this morning that her original definite chief aim was not congruent with who she really wants to be. And all of a sudden it clicked for her. So I thought I might share real quick, Coach, and then you're actually in the process of launching one of your definite chief aims. Right. And it comes with some of the the pressures and the the things that you have to navigate through. So I would say real quick, in 2000, probably 14, 2015, like I was sharing this morning, as in Walker, Louisiana, uh, at a meeting, a series of meetings with um, the lady that... uh, and I just got connected with her because of how I got connected with this company. And uh, I connected with this company um, because I had health problems. Mm-hmm. And so someone had given me a sample of an oil and it helped. Oh, no, it's actually P.A. Otero here in town. He said, you okay. need to look into this company. So I signed up. And, you know, whenever you sign up for anything health and wellness, usually there's a network marketing you know, spin on it. And sure enough, there was. And I believed in the oils so much that I was like, you know, I can build a business doing this. And I would have meetings and they were a lot of fun. But I remember, and I'm sure you've encountered this before, I'm, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm having the meetings. But on the inside, I'm like, I don't like this. Mm. You know, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. But I'm like, you know what? It's probably just because you don't like sales, you know, which that's actually my number one entrepreneur skill. Did you know that? (laughs) <laughs> sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, it's just persuasion. You know, I, sales, I don't like persuasion. I don't mind. And so I'm just, you know, I'm not liking it. I'm not liking the wishy washiness of it, of having to build a team and, you know, taking care of that aspect of it. So anyway, I'm in, you know, I'd been doing it for about two years. I'm in this meeting. We go out to eat dinner after at the Waffle House and she's looking at me and, um, everybody's talking about, you know, their success, you know, and she stares at me and she says, what are you thinking? And I said, I don't like it. And I don't want to do this. I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> I said, I love the oils. I plan on using them until I die. But I don't like this. And, and I was nervous that she would be upset. And she said, you have to live congruent with who you are. Yes. And I said, okay. And then it was interesting. So I let go of that business model, and at the same time I was doing personal training. Um, I liked, you know, helping people, but I hated the 
you know, I mean, showing up and watching people train was not my cup of tea. And uh, I let those things go. And then I got the idea for this business. Mm -hmm. The very first day I had my very first client, so nervous, but I got through the training with my clients. And then I came home and told Mike, I found the reason I was born. So I had to let go of the other and come to terms with, I don't want this before I could even see mm -hmm. what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Because so many times we will make a decision that we think is the correct decision, but it's really a decision that's based on a notion that may not be entirely accurate, but we think it produces safety and security. Mm. And what we find out is when we make that decision, we don't have the safety and security because now we're angry, we're tired, we may have health issues, yeah. we may have relationship issues because it's stemming from the fact that we we've made a decision to pursue something and stick with it because we'll say well it pays the bills or it does this yeah but everything else around the life of the person is suffering from that decision and they struggle to let it go to pursue what they love because they cannot see what they're going to produce if right. they pursue what they love. Yeah. So if they have this job, no matter what, it's like, well, at least I have a job. Well, after a while, we know that the longer you stay in that passive, fearful place, it becomes more difficult for you to have the courage that you need to make other decisions, definite decisions going forward. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit this morning. People saying, well, I have a difficulty saying no. Actually, you don't. Mm -hmm. You say no all the time to things yeah. that you have no interest in. Yes. But when you get down to what is it that you really, really want, what do you really want to do, that's when it starts to show up. And you can see it's like right at that moment, they're either going to make a decision and pursue it, or they're going to back up from that, and they're going to go another way and call the other action that they take that's not in their dream, that's not their real life purpose or definite chief aim, but it's the one that they think is going to be the most safe and secure. Yeah. And then that's the one that leads them down the path to settling on things. Settling. That's a good word. Um, I, you know, when I look at, like when we were starting off, I was thinking about, you know, the inability to say no, because that was a couple of the things we heard at the Fast 45 we did right. last week. And all of a sudden I was like, well, you know, it dawned on me, if you have an inability to say no, which that's not truth in itself, but it, it, you know, to them, it's hard to say no. It's because you don't know what you really want. Mm -hmm. If you know what you really want, all of a sudden, no's easy. Remember the example I used about, it's like, uh, so here you are as a female, you're at some place and some guy comes up and he is just not the person. And he's like, good morning, ma'am, or good afternoon or whatever that is. Your brain has already said, said no. no before you opened your mouth. Now, the guy might not have known that, but you do. So yeah. this is what I mean when I say it's like, no, you don't really have a difficult time saying no. But what you just said, if you're not really, if you haven't figured out you know what your one thing is, what you really want, what you what your pursuit in this life is really all about, then you find yourself accepting situations and circumstances 
because you think that's what you required of you, which means that you're probably about to learn another painful lesson in decision-making, yeah. accurate decision-making. Yeah, because every yes, it costs you something. Yes, it does. And when you know what you're here for and what you're supposed to be doing, then saying no is a lot easier because you don't want to detract from what you're going after. So I think the first thing is allowing that... Um, light bulb to go off on the inside mm-hmm. and just quit BSing yourself and thinking, you know, this is what I want. This is, you know, safety and security. Like you say, this pays the bills, blah, blah. But there is on the other side of that that I wanted to dive into is, okay, so when you finally figure out what you really want, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be there immediately. No, you know, there there is a process that has to be worked through over time. So when you get your original, I don't want this. This is what I want. Then it it kicks off a journey that, as you keep that your focus, it can actually infuse some energy and uh, a better attitude in the things mm-hmm. that you're having to do now mm-hmm. while you work toward your goal. Mm-hmm. So this morning, another student, she was talking about the self-confidence formula and how the, the confidence comes when she's learning a new skill. And so just talking about how you know now she can look at things that before she had no idea what they were. Now she can read these things and understand what it means like in the markets and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she said something. She said, I just did a little bit every day. Yeah. So now, in, in her busiest season, and I know it's been the busiest since I've worked uh, with mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. busiest season, season, she spent a few moments every day toward this specific goal. Why? Because it was a DCA. That's right. And so yes. it didn't deter. It didn't matter how tired she was, how busy she was, she was going to do it. Absolutely right. And I think that's, um, that's the powerful piece. When mm-hmm. you're doing what you love, you find time, you find all the answers you need, you find everything that yeah. you need to succeed. Relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> that's not a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mystery to those who are not attempting to find that and make the connection between pursuing what you love. Um, but yes, absolutely. She's like, you know what? A little bit at a time. And, you know, my story really wasn't that much different. It's like, look, you know, you run a facility, you're a contractor on the base, you teach personal training clients, you do podcasts and everything else. And um, what else do you do? You find time to practice on something that you really love. um, And you have an application for it, hopefully once a year in the form of a hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yes. um, What is it for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, um, read this book years ago. I was telling you about it before, uh, the school of greatness by mm-hmm. Lewis house. I think it's, I think it's house. He has an S on there. Not sorry, but he was a, a football star. Mm-hmm. He was pro. And I think he injured his knee. Like it was one of those catastrophic injuries. Mm-hmm. He's never going to play again. And he just kind of languished for a while going from, you know, couch to couch. He said he was depressed yep. and because his, reason for being born all of a sudden was gone in a second right yes. 
And uh, so anyway, he you know, shares a little bit of his story. But one of the things he started off with, and he now teaches his clients, is he asks them if money was no object, time was no object, you know, nothing, skill, knowledge, nothing, was any object whatsoever, what would you do? Mm-hmm. What he found is a lot of the people that would answer that question were already doing what they wanted to do on a small scale. Right. So like, for example, a chiropractor I told you about, he was a chiropractor. He knew that was his life work. That's what he wanted to do. What he didn't want was to spend 10, 12 hours, sometimes more, working his business. Right. And so when him and Lewis started talking... He said, I want to have an office in a specific, like he, he'd already been thinking about it. You can't come up with those answers without you're already thinking about it. That's right. That's so right. he wanted to have a, biz, a beachfront office in a certain location in California with a certain type of clientele um, that he could get paid in four hours what would take 12 in his old practice. And, uh, and so he wrote it out. He wrote it out. He wrote what life looked like working like that. He wrote out the clients he was working with. He wrote out the things him and his family were wanting to do. What was interesting is his business in California wasn't his DCA. His DCA was family time. Yeah. And so that was his focus. The business model was how he was going to do it. And so sure enough, he's, you know, he's like, what do I do now? And he said, you just keep writing that thing down. You keep imagining, you keep cultivating that image. And all of a sudden you're going to find the people, the resources, everything you need are going to be right there. And sure enough, he is living his dream. He's working with his clients. When I look back at genius communication, I realized it wasn't necessarily the business that was my DCA, although it's a big part of it. I wanted a certain life with my husband in later years. You know, I want to travel Beautiful. now I, you know, with him on our quarterly trips. Mm-hmm. I want to have a leisurely coffee at night, not be you know, having to work. And I don't want to have to worry about if we can pay the water bill. And, you know, those I want to be able to, if I want to go to a store and buy something for the house, to be able to do it. It's very simple things. Um, and so, uh, I, I think it was more the experience I wanted to create in my life than it was really the business, but because I love what I do, it just makes everything better. So once I decided genius communication, then I was in middle earth coach. That sounds like a fantastic sandwich. I couldn't help it. As you were talking about that, I was just chewing away at my sandwich. I mean, I'm actually not actually eating a sandwich. It's kind of for the listeners, but just imaginary because it was like, that is delicious. I mean, it's absolutely delicious. And I think you made a really good point. Many times we think the DCA is the thing we're actually doing. Right. The DCA is the actual service that we're actually providing so that we can do what we love doing, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, look, none of us want to be on our feet 16 hours a day, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, believe me, I've done it. Yeah. And, but it's like, no, it's family time. Yeah. It's, you know, we went shopping this weekend. Mm-hmm. And she said, I remember the last time we did this. And every time she says that, it brings to my mind, yeah. Leisure. I love 
watching my wife shop. Can you believe that? If there's a guy out there listening to me, I got to tell you something. This is magic. This is magic. Listen to me now. When you watch your wife shopping and you're with her and she looks back at you and your smile is genuine, boy, she's really happy. She's really going to tear up that shopping now. But don't let that tear you up, right? Because all she's going to do is get something that you really like. But you start learning how to provide things or give things to your partner, in this case, that they love. Like, how do you know how to buy the perfect gift for your wife? Well, if you know what she's interested in when you're shopping with her, you get a chance to see it. Yeah. But what we're really talking about is the time spent. And the experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was like, man, what a great day. So when we got back into Clovis, it's like, what do you want to do now? Let's have something to eat, and let's watch movies. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, yeah, simple things. <laughs> exactly. I think like if you look back at what you really want in life, it's actually simplicity. It is. You know, it's the white space, I call it. Yeah, where okay. Where your time's not full of all this busyness, you know. It's, yes. It's like a design technique. You know, I teach it to my clients where, you know, with your website or, you know, whatever it is, your Instagram page, um, you got to have those places where people that are on there can pause. Mm -hmm. If you fill up every single space with busyness, then they can't breathe and they can't rest. Right. Well, it translates over into life. What can you do that will afford you the time, the simplicity of life, enjoying your loved ones, um, or maybe you have a loved one you don't want to enjoy and move on and you know, have a whole new life. I mean, sometimes that's necessary. Yeah. And so when I made the decision of what my vehicle toward my DCA was going to be, I recognized I needed a skill set. I needed knowledge. I had never done what I am doing now in mm -hmm. genius communication. So then I was in the middle earth part of, is this going to work? You know, and we've talked mm -hmm. about that before. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in my living room creating a curriculum. I'm learning how to do Facebook ads. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm investing money I don't have. Right. And, it, and that, it, that's no joke. Yeah. I did not have it. I'm investing this money because I'm so passionate about what I want life to look like. And it started with that question. Then I read mm -hmm. the book, The One Thing, and it just cemented it. And so that's the middle earth part. Or maybe mm -hmm. you've got your... Um, your DCA and you know that your current position of where maybe you work or whatever, where you live, is it going to cut it? You can use your DCA to fuel you through the frustration, the irritation, the hating your job. Like you can use your DCA to fuel you through that season, knowing that if you don't quit, you will reach your DCA. Yep. So that's important because I had to work a part-time job. In fact, that will end after Christmas. Mm -hmm. I had to work a part-time job to help pay off debt. I didn't want to, you know, work at my age. I should not be working, you know, at my age for somebody else. I should be comfortable and I should be able to, you know, have the things I want. So it was embarrassing to go back to work after, you know, I've been a businesswoman since 1998. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I had to let go of ego. And man, I learned so much stuff and it brought me such joy. So I, I, I'd like to know what you think, Coach, as far as, because you're in that position. And you know, I don't want to go into too much details uh, you know, for specific reasons, but it's like you've got this dream 
there are things that you're having to do in the midst of launching it that you don't like. So what fuels you? It's the desire to live what you're talking about right now. It's like, I'm an outdoors guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I really settle down on, what do you think your mission is, Greg? I teach freedom and leadership. Yeah. It's the intangible things. Mm-hmm. So we talk about Yoda and Gandalf. So right. it's Gandalf, right? And it's like, I learn how to work in the world of the shadows, the dark places, the yeah. places that turn people around. When they think they want to pursue something, no matter what it is, they get to a certain point in their life and it says, you cannot pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're met with all types of obstacles and challenges and fears and inaccurate decisions. Yeah. So that's where I show up. Mm-hmm. And then it's like helping that person to get through that. Well, you know what? That's what I do. Well, in order for me to do that, I have to live a life that are, that fuels me. And that's one of the things that I realize. Sometimes I see it's a life of leisure, but my life really isn't a life of leisure because I work in that dark space. Right. But in return for that space that I work, I get to enjoy great relationships like I'm working with you. We get to bring something to the community, which I really love, and I get to giggle out loud. Um, (laughs) G-O-L. Yeah, there you go. And I get to uh, work and support other people, and it just, when I see them, people do things that they never thought they could do, I know it, Mm -hmm. right? No matter how frustrated I can get at times, when I see somebody or hear someone say, you know what, I would have never thought about that, or I'm glad, and I have clients to come to me from all over the place, that's fuel for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I recognize that my work is a difficult one. Yeah. Um, but I embrace it. But one of the things that I learned was you have to find a way to give things back to yourself. And for me, it's outdoors. Yeah. I have to be outdoors. I have to have that freedom. I have to be able to move and go sort of like the wind in a way, but I'm not in a place of irresponsibility, but that's what my flow is because when somebody needs me, I'm there 100%. You schedule in play. That's right. Because that's freedom for you. That's, uh, yeah, when my uh, de-stressor, uh, my time is it's always, of course, coffee. I love coffee. Um, but training, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, which people are like, what? Oh, yeah, I love, I have to be moving. I have to be doing something like that. But also the freedom, like, hey, let's go on a, you know, a trip to here. And you know, I like, like to travel. I'm the daughter of a truck driver. I've been yep. to 42 states. So to me, travel is like a core value. But you know what's funny? It's not that travel itself was all the fun. It was the experience and the relationship with my dad on the road that made that, you know, very special. But, okay, so I think to end, um, you know, we've got the, uh, how I wrote, coming to terms with what you really want. We gave them questions to ask, you know, if money was no limit, time was no, you know, you could do anything in the world, what would it be? Um, I think maybe a question to ask. Well, first of all, once that that neuron you know fires and wires together, if you try to do anything other than 
you're going to feel your body have a stress response because it knows you're trying to lie to yourself. Oh, my goodness. Huh? So you might as well just quit. Once you get it, that's it. Yeah, it is. It's true. So the next question could be maybe people could ask themselves. I'll see what you think is what imposition are you putting on yourself or allowing others to put on you? And so it's like... Um, safety and security. Maybe you think that you living the life you're living, at least you get a paycheck. And then when you retire, you'll be able to do the things you want to do, which a lot of times that doesn't happen because the stress of doing what you hate has broken down your body so that by the time you retire, you can't do anything. I've seen that happen. Too many times. Yeah, a lot. Too many times. So it could be impositions you put on yourself or it could be impositions people put on you like parents that because you know, you've got a long line of doctors in the family, you should be a doctor. And this is oh what that goodness. looks like. I mean, there's deep impositions you can be carrying. You know, <clears throat> there's two right now that comes to my mind. One of them is a young lady, very talented, mm -hmm. but from her background, um, there's an expectation that she should pursue the family way of living, children, marriage, right. and whatever she wants to do personally and professionally, that seems sort of like as a selfishness. So we know right. that's an imposition. So yes. we respect people's families and things like this. But when I'm looking at the young lady, I'm saying to her, it's like, look, really listen through what mm -hmm. you're being told because once you make this decision you're not going to be able to turn away from it so make sure you really know this this also happened with one of my students that's also in college mm -hmm. and she made a decision to attend the university that actually suits her instead of one that she thinks might work out better because she's closer to home. Right. And so every time she comes back into town, coach, can we train? Yes, we can. How are you doing? She's always happy because you can see she's congruent with the decision that she made. Yeah. And she was able to work through those impositions. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but again, what you just said, examine those things. But something that'll help you is a pen and paper. Mm -hmm. Write down what you think you, what you really want so you can come to grips with it. Because sometimes you need to see it with your eyes and yeah. you need to connect to it through your motor skills of writing it out so you can see it. Otherwise, it's just a pretty good thought that goes through your mind. Now, some people can catch that thought, of course, yeah. and go with it. Right. But that's not the typical person. Yeah. If you can, great. If not, paper and pen, write it down and go from there. That's what I did. And uh, it's like daydreaming for the brain. Yes. And, and for the brain, that's like a vacation. It's a rest. Yes. And um, I did that. And I would just go back and read it. You know, like what time I got up in the morning, what I did when I got up, uh, you know, what I did after that. I mean, I, I basically had the whole day planned out what my environment looked like, what I was doing professionally, what I was doing personally. And, uh, I mean, that's, it's pretty much a, a reality. I can't think of anything that's not yet been, uh, complete. So maybe I need a, maybe I need a new one coach. <laughs> I need to make a new vision. <laughs> you know, that's interesting because, um, there are times when if you stop and you make yourself focus in on the blessings that you actually have, it can also change your mind too. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, you go from a blank piece of paper to all of a sudden you filled up a book of activities 
which are ultimately blessings that you've been able to experience while we're here. Yeah. And I always have something I'm up to, Coach. Yes, of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think the only place I can say where truth confronts BS is don't lie to yourself. If you want to do something, do it. And don't let... Uh, now, obviously, within reason. I mean, we don't want to encourage you. Hey, if you want to be a serial killer, just start killing people. You know, obviously, <laughs> obviously, we don't want to do that. But you know, anything that is a benefit to humanity and yourself, um, make it happen and start with tying that emotion to what you really want, and don't lie to yourself after. And I'm just going to say this: if you're listening to our podcast, reach out to us. Yeah, because this is really what we're here for. Now, we're not here to try to solicit you, but if you're stuck and Mm -hmm. you know you're stuck and you've been following our podcast and you want to know what our work is, reach out to us. Otherwise, please check us out in your show notes. Yep. Show notes. We've got CoachesCorner.com, which is that's just his kettlebell training uh, website, but he's got more coming soon. And then, of course, SherryAnnWilson.com. But yeah, you can contact us in the show notes and please leave a review. And we'd love some topic ideas and some feedback as well. And we know you're out there because we see you around the town and you tell us you're listening to our podcast. And then I go to look on reviews and it's crickets. So I'm talking to you people. <laughs>